0: Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Boutosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you I get ready to receive a word from God. Luke chapter 4. Everything that song just proclaimed, everything we just sang about, is found right here in this familiar passage, Luke chapter 4, and verse 18. It reads this way, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Everyone say, upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus speaking. Now, he's reading from the book of Isaiah before a group of people that are, for, you know, relevancy's sake, going to church, attending church. They're in the temple. They're doing their normal customary routine of someone getting up and reading a scripture, reading a passage. And so he says, uh, he pulls open the book and he reads out of the book of Isaiah and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Again, this is what he's saying. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's anointed me. Everyone say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's anointed me. Okay, Two key things that Jesus highlights that he pulls out here, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to do what to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. These are some 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 pretty drastic scenarios, okay the, the, This is the broken, this is the bound. this is the chained up. These are those that are in bondage. These are those that that are under control or under subjection to the enemy we know the enemy the thief comes to what steal kill and to destroy that's his that's his uh, uh, his thumbprint so to speak anywhere you see death killing destruction uh, uh, losing lack that that is an identifier of where the, where the devil has done work, where he's been, where he's done what he has come to do. The word tells us that Jesus came to abolish the works of the devil. Those are the works that he came to abolish. Everything here that you're reading, preach the gospel to the poor. So apparently God doesn't want them poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. So apparently he doesn't want them bound. Recovery of sight to the blind. Apparently, he doesn't want them blind, both naturally and spiritually. To set free those who are oppressed. Apparently, he doesn't want them oppressed. Come on, are you seeing this? To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. It reads this way in the classic Amplified version. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel, To the poor, He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken down by calamity, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. Jesus later on says this, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Meaning everything that Isaiah the prophet just told you would happen one day, I'm here to fulfill that. I am the one that will do all those things. That's amazing their response. Their response wasn't, extremely favorable, they they didn't like the fact that Jesus was the one proclaiming that he would be the one to set them free. But ultimately, Jesus came to do everything that he said in that passage, everything that was written about him, prophesied about him years before Jesus ever showed up in the planet. Two key things he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. We've been talking about living in the Spirit or a life in the Spirit now for some time on these midweek services. And I would put it to you this way. Everything that we've ministered to this point along this subject has been my introduction. (laughs) It's a pretty long introduction. Learning how to be spiritually minded. We, we saw in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, that he tells us, I do not want you to be ignorant of spiritual matters, right? We saw that. Don't want you to be misinformed. Don't want you to be ignorant. Uh, one passage says, don't want you to be unaware, right? Uh, we saw in Galatians chapter 3, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you, right? Foolish meaning what? Lacking spiritual sense or lacking spiritual awareness. You started this thing out in the spirit. Now you're trying to finish or complete this thing in the flesh. Okay. All that that I ministered over all those weeks, there's no way I can recap it all. You need to get online and listen if you missed any of it. But all of that is now the backdrop for where we will go for tonight on. For tonight on. Because tonight I'm going to begin ministering on the gifts of the spirit. The gifts of the spirit. I get some hallelujahs on that gifts of the spirit there is some practical natural teaching that we need to minister along these lines diving into these gifts why are they still for today how are they still expressed how are they distributed how can what are they for Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, we'll look at them here in just a minute. But here's the thing you have to understand. They are given for this purpose. With the backdrop of everything we've ministered at this point, they are given for this purpose, to alter the world around you. To alter the world around you. Every every one of those nine gifts is given for the distinct purpose of altering the earthly realm to make it look like heaven. They are given for the purpose of the invasion of heaven into the earth. And everywhere Jesus went, he never came upon a situation that he did not provide a redemptive solution. I'll say that again. Jesus never showed up on a situation, a problem, a challenge, where he did not provide a redemptive solution. Whether it was a word, whether it was an act, whether it was a level of faith, whether it was a working of miracles, whether it was a healing, whether it was a discerning of spirits, come on. all nine of them were given for one reason, to provide redemptive solutions to the troubles and the problems that we face on a day-to-day basis. And the Holy Spirit is so kind that he would give you gifts that would allow you to interact with him, partner with him, and bring heaven to earth. See, this is why lenses are so important, guys. This is why when I say the kingdom of God is just not some subject or theme that we minister on, hit on one one time here or there. It is literally the lens through which we view every single topic and subject in the word of God. And if you remove the lens, then you lose the power that a subject contains. So through the lens of the kingdom of God, through the lens of your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, bring your kingdom to this territory, bring your kingdom to this environment. And let me tell you something, I I just have a stirring in my spirit, I've had it for a while now, that this earth is going to look more and more like heaven as the day draws near. I believe we're going to walk in days where this earth is going to look more like heaven than it does the natural realm we have become accustomed to. And then Jesus is going to show up. He's going to rapture his church for a short period of time. And we're going to come back here and we're going to rule and reign forever with him. But we are in the process. We are in the throes right now of this earth looking more and more like heaven. You better get used to it because the abnormal is going to become normal. I said the abnormal is going to become normal. And the more naturally minded you are in any arena or element of life will be revealed when the Spirit of God shows up. Any area that we have not aligned, set our minds on heaven, not on earth, it will become identified. Where we're still stuck in. The gifts of the Spirit are are uncomfortable for most because they're more naturally minded than they'd like to believe. This is why living in the spirit and being spiritually minded is not an option. It's not an option for us as the church of God. We are not going to change the world by acting and repeating and growing accustomed and what the Bible calls conforming to it. It won't work. We're going to have to get the switch of heaven turned on in our life, align ourselves with it, and and see, this is the why. See, it says, Jesus. He literally says these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Jesus himself, God in the flesh, the son of God, demanded and required the spirit of the Lord to be upon him. To be upon him, to do everything he just said. To bring liberty to captives, I need the spirit of the Lord upon me. Recovery of sight to the blind, I need the spirit of the Lord upon me. I'm thankful for the the natural ways that we can meet needs. I'm thankful for the practical ways, you know, uh, 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 whether it's finance or whether it's providing shelter or whether it's uh, helping someone get a job, uh, providing assistance with the vehicle, uh, handing out sandwiches, making bags. I'm, I'm thankful for the natural ways. There are some very actionable ways that we can minister to and, and help people bring assistance. But I, I, I don't know that we can bring the level and the quality of deliverance that the church ought to be bringing unless we have the Spirit of the Lord upon us. The spirit of the Lord within you is for your sake. The spirit of the Lord upon you is for their sake. I'll say that again. The spirit of the Lord within you is so you can rightly align yourself with the kingdom of heaven. It's called fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. And when the Holy Spirit shows up in your life, he then helps you produce the fruit of the kingdom of God things that are unnatural to those that are not in the kingdom of God, right? Jesus said, a bad tree can't bear good fruit, okay? So now I get the the Holy Spirit in me at the point of salvation, but there's a step further to go. It's the Holy Spirit upon me. That's why Jesus commanded his disciples. It was both an invitation and instruction. Go and tarry and wait for the promise of the Father. Not an option. They didn't get to respond and say, well, I'm not really comfortable with that stuff. I'm okay without it. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. That's all I need. There was no, there was go, tarry, and wait for the promise of the Father to what? Come upon you. And when he comes upon you, he'll give you power. Power to do what? Everything he just said in Luke chapter four. I mean, just yesterday I I attended a lunch uh, that where we were praying for and learning about uh, ministries right here in our area that are providing assistance, uh, recovery assistance to individuals, addiction recovery and, 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 and not just chemical and substance abuse, but all of it. In any kind of recovery. And we prayed for these areas of ministry. And and after we were praying, I was praying for um, praying for the House of Hope. Y'all familiar with House of Hope here in town? I was praying with Andrea. And we prayed a powerful prayer. And then she made this statement. She made this statement after the prayer. She said, you know, really what these people need. Because I was praying for finances. I was praying for resources. They're, they're building a village of hope. It's like a five and a half million dollar project they're doing out there. I mean, incredible stuff. Ministry upon ministry, it's happening. They're, they're doing amazing things. But she said this, she said, at the end of the day, what these people really need is an encounter with Jesus. Absolutely they do. I thank God for the natural ways that we can reach out. I thank God for the natural things we can do. I'm not negating that or dumbing that down by any means. But unless we have the Holy Spirit engaged and partnered with our efforts, maybe the reason why we see a lot of addiction recovery ministries cycling the same people coming back is because they haven't had that encounter with Jesus. They haven't had someone with the Holy Spirit upon them because Jesus can do in a moment what a program could do over 12 months. Jesus doesn't need 12 steps. Come on. He doesn't need 12 steps. Now, I know that there's psychological things and there's natural needs you need to meet and there's, there, there's, there's things we got to address and there's past and histories and all. I understand all that. But Jesus is a miracle worker. Jesus is, a, is that just a song we sing or do we really believe that he can show up in someone's life and absolutely destroy the works of the devil upon their life? Now, do they have, still have to make him Lord? Absolutely. Do they still have to be a committed follower of Christ? You better believe it. They need the Holy Spirit upon. But then and one encounter with God. And it, 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 it will help our efforts. Will help our efforts. I believe it. I believe it. I believe some people that have gone through recovery programs, and they might credit a program, they might credit a person, but I think that they had an encounter and engagement with the Holy Spirit and maybe just didn't even know it. Because you know as well as I do, this stuff is pornography addictions, one of the hardest addictions for people to break. People can break chemical and substance abuse addictions before they can break a pornography addiction what it triggers in your mind and how easily accessible and how you can hide it and the secrecy of it and all the different things go. And and the Holy Spirit can just come in and utterly destroy the works of the devil. And then they make conscious decisions and efforts to continue to follow in what they have been engaged in. The demoniac, I mean, come on, man. Jesus shows up. This guy's cutting himself. He's in chains. He's bound. He's doing all these crazy things. And he even, uh, 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 he says, Jesus, I want to come follow you. I want to be a part of you. He says, no, you stay here you're going to be a witness to others. The best way you can assist my ministry is staying right where you're at and spreading the word and sharing what I did in your life. But that's an encounter. It even said that the men would try to bind him up and the men would do this and the men would do, the men of the town would come, and none of their uh, 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 solutions provided any kind of relief in his life. He went right back to it, didn't he? But one encounter with Jesus He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's time we make a demand for the Spirit of the Lord upon us. And when the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, it's demonstrated in what we call the gifts of the Spirit. It's demonstrated in what we call the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit is merely just evidence, fruit, that the Holy Spirit is working through Someone's life. Now let's look at a few uh, uh, simple things here. I'm not trying to preach, I'm trying to teach. Y'all better calm down. It's y'all's fault. It's not my fault. It's y'all's fault. We can define the gifts of the Spirit as this a supernatural ability bestowed upon a believer by the Holy Spirit. A supernatural ability bestowed upon a believer by the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit can be defined as a supernatural ability, bestowed upon a believer. That's the qualifier. you got to be a believer. Gifts of the Spirit don't operate on unbelievers. Gifts of the Spirit operate on those that have committed to fully follow Christ. Gifts of the Spirit upon a believer by the Holy Spirit. It is literally the Holy Spirit working. It's what we could call a manifestation of the Spirit. It's him himself manifesting who he is. Remember, the Holy Spirit is a person. Holy Spirit is not a power. The reason why we, we, we get off on these things is because we think the Holy Spirit's a power. It's not a power. He's not a presence. He's a person. He's literally a person. And when we yield to that, then the gifts of the Spirit begin to flow in the nine different ways or nine different operations of the Spirit, nine different ways that He's showing up in your life. So it's this, it is not a heightened natural ability, okay? It's literally the Holy Spirit. It's literally the Holy Spirit. It's not a, you know, word of wisdom isn't a, a heightened natural ability to get a word of wisdom beyond just natural capacity. It's literally the Holy Spirit showing, showing you and revealing that to you in your life. A gift of, uh, working of miracles, gift of faith, gifts of healings. It's literally the Holy Spirit working. The gifts of the Spirit demand a yieldedness on our part we talked about that at length in my introduction that took about 68 weeks 2021 it, i don't know it feels like at least back to pat when pastor paul was here that i've been ministering in this vein which was august so you're talking 3 or 4 months worth for those of you that missed you got a lot of homework you start catching up man put it on the air put on your ear pods and Go to town on it week after week after week after week because it's, it's laying the foundation of what living in the Spirit in a life in the Spirit is really all about. So it is a, it's not a natural heightened ability. It is literally a supernatural ability bestowed upon a believer by the Holy Spirit. It's a manifestation of the person of the Holy Spirit himself. Here's some things that we need to understand about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, Number one, the Holy Spirit empowers, he doesn't overpower. The Holy Spirit empowers you, but he will not overpower you. He's not going to force himself to operate in these gifts and in these veins in your life. Like I said, it demands a yieldedness, but you can never get out of control and in a chaotic situation and say, well, that was the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit gets blamed for a lot of messy stuff in church, doesn't he? He takes it on the chin every time, man. Yielding is demanded. Number two, when gifts of spirit are in operation, Christ is glorified, not man. Christ is glorified, not man. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then all the delivering aspects that he states after that is all for the fact that we can point our our eyes to Jesus, the deliverer, the redeemer, to the father. It's not to glorify us. It's not to glorify a church. It's not to glorify a denomination. It's not. It's not to glorify a, a belief system, a, a theological idea. It's literally, they, they are given for the essence of glorifying Jesus. Jesus should be glorified. And number three, to bring people and creation under the lordship of Christ. To bring people and creation under the Under the lordship of Christ, when Jesus stood on that boat and said, peace, be still gift of the spirit and operation. To bring heaven to earth, to invade this realm, to invade this realm with uh, against something that was threatening to stop them from pursuing the call of God on their lives. So when he got up and he spoke that word, that's a, that is a gift in operation. That's the Holy Spirit manifesting himself and moving. Jesus yielded to the Holy Spirit upon his life. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he brought it under submission. Well, isn't that what Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says? He created us in his image and in his likeness. And then he gave us dominion or gave us authority over what? The earth. Fish of the sea, birds of the air, everything that creeps on the earth. This realm is to be brought under the authority and the submission and anything that threatens or stands in the way of the purpose of God for this planet ought to come under the authority of not just the Father and the kingdom, but the church who is the embassy, the extension of the kingdom and should be carrying out bringing the will of the Father to the earth. Is it his will that uh, loss and lack and sickness and disease? I mean, if those were the will of God, then Jesus was directly opposed and in standing in the, in the way of the will of the Father by saying, I'm going to reverse all those effects. If it's God's will for us to be blind, then Jesus was, was God's number one enemy and going around and opening blind eyes everywhere he went opening deaf ears everywhere he went, setting captives free. I mean, when he, when he, when he delivered that demoniac, God, would, God in heaven would have been like, what are you doing? Undoing all. I put that on him. Y'all hear me? So these gifts, that ought to be in operation in the church so we can alter this realm to look more like that, to align it with heaven. I just give you a quick breakdown here. Chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Might help if I tell you the book. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 reveals to us the need for various gifts. The need for various gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We call it the love chapter, but if you Understand the context, it's sandwiched right between chapter 12, which covers the nine gifts of the Spirit, and chapter 14, which covers the prophetic or utterance gifts of the Spirit, prophecy, tongues, and interpretations of tongues. Chapter 13 is right in the middle for a reason. Paul wasn't taking a break. Chapter 13 is given so that we understand the need for a loving, for the, the need for loving and unselfish motivations. That's why it's in there. Chapter 12, 13, and 14 are all about the gifts of the Spirit, if you understand the context correctly. So chapter 12 is given to us to show us the need for various gifts. Chapter 13 is given to us to show the need for loving and unselfish motivations. And chapter 14 is given to us to show the need for order and self-restraint. Chapter 14 is given to us to show us the need for order and self-restraint. Now, each of those three areas also indicate to us areas of risk or areas where we can get off. And the gifts of the Spirit, some of the... the, the Risks that the church has run over time and the areas where we have gotten off are in those three areas. We either don't understand the variety of gifts and maintain the unity as well. You know, you can have variety and unity. Just look at your body. That's what Paul does in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, let me tell you how these gifts operate. Um, your body, made up of many members, yet all working together for one common goal and purpose. That's how the gift should operate. Diversity and unity can exist. I said diversity and unity can exist. It's a lie of the devil to make you think that we can't be diverse, have variety, and all work together in harmony. That's a lie of the devil. He expected all nine of these gifts to work in various ways, with various different people, and all work together for one harmonious mission. That was the expectation. The second area that we tend to, to run off or, or get out of alignment with these gifts is the motivations behind it. Don't We don't maintain our love walk, or we become selfish in our motivations to exalt ourselves rather than the Lord. And so he teaches us in chapter 13 how to maintain love, how to maintain a proper motivation, how to maintain a proper heart so that when I'm exercising a gift, I don't make the gift about me, I keep the gift about him and the people that we are working to deliver, proclaim the gospel to, to deliver the poor, to deliver the brokenhearted, to deliver the oppressed. See, if you keep others best interests at heart, then you secure yourself in a position to properly use the gifts correctly, to properly use the gifts in the most advantageous way as they were designed. But when I I start using gifts to exalt myself, to create my platform, to create my stage so that people know about me, now my motivations are out of alignment. And now I'm using the gifts for the wrong reason. An Old Testament example of this would be Samson, anointed. I mean, supernatural strength, yeah? Strength that's not even common to man. I mean, you can't do enough curls to get that strong. You can't take enough steroids. You can't do enough CrossFit to get to that level. He was on a whole nother level. But he used it for himself in a selfish motivated way rather than for the glory of God, rather than for the deliverance of the people to which he was given that strength for, okay? Uh, and then lastly, we understand this is probably the most common risk we run is the need for order and self-restraint in chapter 14. We, we see that this becomes the most common one. There, there, is, a, there is a meter. There, there, there's a meter where I have to yield control to allow the Holy Spirit to move, and then as I slide across, I can get into this place where um, I, I, I am, am so liberal in a gift or so liberal in a, an operation of the Spirit that now we call everything the Holy Spirit when really it's just a chaotic mess, that there has to be some level of control and some level of self-restraint self in our lives. And so we've got to fall right here in this middle. Where I don't get so much in in control of things that I'm not yielding to the Holy Spirit, but I don't take my hands off the things so much so that it's just a chaotic mess and we're not maintaining order. Now, here's the thing here's the thing that's so awesome about this. For some people and for some denominations, honestly, those three risks that I read were enough reason not to touch it at all. They took the safe route. Well, we'll abstain from gifts if it's going to cause so much of a problem. And just so you know, Paul is writing this to a Corinthian church that is misusing those gifts in all three of those arenas. That's why he wrote chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14, was because the church was so messed up. They literally uh, uh, misused, misapplied, abused the gifts of the Spirit in all three arenas and had to be instructed Okay, there's, there's various gifts, but you're not working in unity. You got some saying, I'm better than this person over here because I got a, I got a gift of, of healing. Well, that's not as good as my discerning of spirits, and now you're weighing them against one another. You're not operating in love. You don't have the best interest of the, the person you're ministering to at heart, so you're using them for selfish motivation and gain. Or your services are so chaotic and messed up, everyone's giving a tongue, everyone's singing a song, everyone's giving a prophecy, and there's no order to the service, and nobody is, is, is benefiting from your services. It's just a big religious mess. They were jacked up in all three of these areas. Yeah, I said jacked up because there's other words I could use that I won't. Yeah. So this is not, we are not ministering this out of fear of what might happen. God is, God is so big. God is so great. God is so mighty that he has yielded his word. He's yielded his gifts. He's yielded churches. He's yielded oversight and leadership of churches to, guess what? Man, you and I, who mess up stuff all the time, but yet he still trusts I mean, think about it this way. If he can rightly hold people accountable in the end for not following truth and put it in the hands of those that could distribute it incorrectly, then apparently he can still get his will and purpose accomplished in spite of us. But that holds a value and a responsibility on us to now maintain it regard it as high value, regard it purposefully, regard it that this is a distribution uh, of gifts to the church, to the body of Christ, and that he's wanting to exercise these things so that we can alter this natural realm that is out of alignment, where the devil is stealing, he's killing, and he's destroying, where he is working his hand of destruction, and he's working calamity, and he's working travesty, and all the mess that we see happening around us that sometimes we find ourselves complaining about he's saying i've given you gifts and if you'll partner with my holy spirit you can change every inadequate situation you run into this is this is a whole new perspective i mean i hope that what i've already said to this point has you saying i need to know about these nine gifts and how do i get them so I can promise you right now, you're up against something that demands one of these gifts in operation. You need a word of knowledge because you don't know what's coming. You need a discerning of spirits because you need to know how something's secretly motivated. You need a working of miracles because something's not in alignment physically. And he's given us gifts. Whew, man, is so good. Man, is so good. So let's look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I preach myself happy. I'm going to buy the tape. Isn't God good? Isn't he good? I mean, this is not stuff that should be scary and weird and, oh, no, what's going to happen? This ought to be desired by the church. And the reason why we have found ourselves so inadequately reaching the world as we know we ought to and resorting. See, we we, we tend to resort or default to the version of Christianity that demands as little participation as possible. But when you find out, man, I'm in this thing, I'm a part, I got a role to play, I've got a fit, I've got to get in, and he's empowered me, he's equipped me, he's come upon me, he's filled me, he's walking with me, I'm led by the Spirit, those that are led by the Spirit, are sons of God, I don't have to be naturally man. I can be Spirit. When you put all this together, you re- I got a bigger role to play than just sitting around here watching the world go to hell in a handbasket, hoping one day I get sucked through the clouds and go to be with Jesus on gold streets. It's bigger than that. It's greater than that. He wants his purpose on earth. He hasn't given up with the earth. He hasn't given up with the planet. And everything that we're seeing is just setting the stage for the greatest move of God we've ever seen. And all nine of these gifts are going to be in operation. We're going to be correcting things and aligning things and rectifying things and all the brokenness of the world. And they're going to look to God and they're going to say, all glory goes to the one God who reigns. All glory goes to the one God who sits on the throne. There is no other God. There is but one true God. He is Lord. So he says in verse one, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware, ignorant, misinformed. Those are other words that we looked at. You know that when you were pagans, that means unbelievers, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. See, right there, he's giving them context. He says, Let me just give you a frame of reference. This this really isn't that different or weird than what you were doing before. You were following and being led by something in the world you were previously in. So what we're going to do is we're not going to use that same level of submission but into the kingdom of God and following the Holy Spirit. He's already bringing it in and saying, look, this this isn't so, uh, you know, unknown and unfamiliar to you. I need you to shift over and be led by the Spirit. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4 says, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The new King James reads that the spirit has been given the spirit uh, these gifts have been distributed as the spirit wills. So what we have to understand about these gifts is this is not something we have control over. This is something that the Holy Spirit distributes. This is something that the Holy Spirit assigns. But he says he assigns to each one which means every believer ought to seek to use and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Every believer should. This is not just for five-fold ministers. This is not just for apostles, evangelists, prophets, teachers, and pastors. This isn't just for one day. And now they all died off, and now we're all just sitting down here, stuck with being unable to rectify and alter and correct and realign the earth with heaven. And and we, you know, wish that they all. I mean, we we got to get rid of that 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 crazy thinking. That the same God who's the, the same yesterday, today, and forever, all of a sudden drew a line in the timeline of life and said, okay, no more. The rest of you, I've got to figure it out on your own until I come back. No, this is for everyone, but it's distributed as the Holy Spirit wills. Verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same spirit. And to another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. And to another, the effecting of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the distinguishing of of spirits or the discerning of spirits to another various kinds of tongues into another the interpretation of tongues but one and the same spirit works all these things here it is distributing to each one individually just as he wills just as he wills now this isn't as he wills if he's going to give you something it's Not a matter, it's not a question of if you have a gift, it's a matter of which gift has he distributed to you, has he empowered to you. I want to read this in the Amplified, in the the classic Amplified version. Verse one, now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy. I like that. Brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed. You know that when you were heathen, you were led off after idols that could not speak habitually as impulse directed and whenever the occasion might arise. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit of God can ever say, Jesus, be cursed. Apparently, he's saying that because someone has done it. Have you ever, uh, you know, worked at a job? And, and, and someone's telling you rules or telling you uh, protocols, and it might sound like a stupid rule or protocol, but they usually follow up and say, I know it sounds like a stupid rule, but we put it in there because somebody did it, right? So Paul is saying, I'm telling you this because I know it's happening. They can never say, Jesus be cursed, and no one can really say, Jesus is my Lord, except by and under the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are distinctive varieties and distributions of endowments, gifts, extraordinary powers, distinguishing certain Christians. Oh, I love that word, distinguishing. I think that's been my word for about the last 18 months at least, distinguished, distinct, I'm telling you, you you want to be different, you want to stand out, you want to be set apart, operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Some of you are saying, I I don't want to stand out, I don't want to be. Well, then don't operate in the gifts of the Spirit, I guess. But I can tell you right now, he wants the church to be set apart, distinguished, different. Yes, he does. That's why he gave you gifts. Extraordinary powers distinguishing certain Christians do. And notice this will not just distinguish you from the world. This will distinguish you from certain Christians. Due to the power of divine grace operating in their souls by the Holy Spirit. And they vary but the Holy Spirit remains the same. There are distinctive varieties of service and ministration, but it is the same Lord who is served. There are distinctive varieties of operation, of working to accomplish things. This is the lens that I'm talking about, guys. This is what we got to understand, is that these gifts are literally the operation of the kingdom in the earth. That's literally what this is. Each one of these, each one of these nine gifts, is altering something that is out of alignment. I just keep repeating that. I keep standing on that because you got to understand why we need these gifts in operation. But it is the same God who inspires and energizes them, all in all. Verse eleven. Skip on down to verse eleven in the Amplified. It reads: All these gifts, achievements, and abilities, are inspired and brought to pass by one. And the same Holy Spirit who apportions to each person individually exactly how he chooses, as he chooses. Last one I want to give you in the Passion Translation. We're going to take this in baby steps, guys. We're not going to dive into all of it in in one night. But I just want to set you up Uh, in the Passion, reading the same passage. My fellow believers, verse 1, I don't want you to be confused about spiritual realities. For you know full well that when you are unbelievers, you are often led astray in one way or another by your worship of idols which are incapable of talking with you. Therefore, I want to impart to you an understanding of the following. No one speaking by the Spirit of God will ever say Jesus is the accursed one. No one can say Jesus is Lord Yahweh unless the Holy Spirit is speaking through him. It is the same Holy Spirit who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. The Lord Yahweh is one, and he is the one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministries. The same God distributes different kinds of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them. Man, that's powerful. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. And skipping down to verse 11 in the Passions reads, Remember, it is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, activates, and operates these different gifts as he chooses for each believer. Father, we thank you as we dive into this subject, as we dive into this matter, as we understand how these gifts of the Spirit are us yielding to and allowing your way of doing things, your kingdom provision, your kingdom purpose, your kingdom plan to be fully engaged even in this natural environment, even in this natural realm. Father, every time we see a gift of the Spirit highlighted in the Word, brought out, communicated, uh, uh, revealed to us, Father, may we understand that that is literally the alignment of the earth with heaven. It is literally the alignment and the rectifying and correcting of destructive ways and destructive situations with heaven and the kingdom of God, bringing it under the lordship of Jesus Christ so that we can see your kingdom come, so that we can see your will be done on earth, in Valdosta, right here, as it is in heaven. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.